You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for the Geeks Pub, for those who don't know, which is 99.9% of the audience just heard that music. Um, we are starting <laughs> each new episode of the Geeks Pub with uh, either David or my, Tim Robertson's, choice on themes that we really like. TV shows, movies, that sort of thing. Obviously with a geek bent. And David was the first to pick and i have no idea what that was i've, I've never <laughs> heard of it um yeah. obviously i watched the the intro clip on youtube and it was super cheesy 80s graphics that's really yeah. done badly yep so this was blake seven which was a um I don't know, it was relatively big tv show in the early 80s uh late i think it was 78 79 it first first came out it ran for three or four seasons um and it was created by terry nation who was uh, one of the writers on doctor who um and it's one of those shows that had a lot of really great strong ideas but that was then um presented on a bbc budget yeah uh, and which with the way was cheap in the 80s yeah which yeah, it was um and also um with the way that the bbc used to make this sort of drama back then which was really kind of they used a lot of Shakespearean actors, um, and it, it really took itself a little bit too seriously. Yeah. Um, and it, and so you watch it nowadays, and it, it can come across really as, as not only cheap, but quite stilted. Um, but the ideas in it were fantastic, and that's what was great about Blake 7. So what was the ideas? Was it theme of the week, or was it... No, no. So, so and, and really, that's the, the music theme kind of brings this out, because it starts with that very kind of pulsing intro of, of kind of, you know, mystery and, and danger and everything, and then it turns into like more of a, a kind of an ep epic space opera piece of music. So the idea of Blake 7 is that um, in the future... The people of the Fed, what's called the Federation, live in it's an authoritarian uni, uh, galactic state, yeah, which uses mind control and drugs uh, and um, um, kind of, you know, uh, yeah, mind warfare and, and, and things to suppress the population. And the do they call it Facebook? The, <laughs> yeah, this drug exactly, that yeah. they use? This is. This is, yeah, this is the future of Facebook. This yep. is the meta-universe. So um, what happens is this guy, uh, Blake, Rog Blake, is a dissident, and he has been um, captured and has been mind-wiped to, to be turned back into a model citizen to kind of try and suppress uh, the population's dissident tendencies. And he breaks through the mind control and is sent to a prison planet. And on the way to the prison planet... He basically kind of meets up with a, a group of fellow criminals, uh, and on the way there, they encounter this alien spaceship. Is there seven of them. There are, yeah, well, not right. Not Blake Seven was kind of a little bit. It was there was there was normally less than seven, and then you have to say, oh, well, the ship or the computer is one of the seven. So um, they get put onto this ship, and it's a completely alien ship that's nobody's seen before, and they get sent on because they send the. Uh, How do they ship find sent, an alien ship? It's just floating, disabled in space, right? 
and the prison ship sends their people over to try and take it over and they all get killed. So they send the expendable criminals over and the criminals, because Blake in particular, because of this mind control thing, is able to detect that the ship is using kind of mind warfare on people and is able to overcome it. And they, they manage to steal the ship. The ship is um, far in advance of anything the Federation has. So that's the setup of the series is him and his group, group of criminals are going to use this spectacular spaceship to kind of strike back at the Federation. Okay. Uh, yeah? Good idea. And, and then, I like the idea. Yeah, the concept exactly. is really good. And this sounds really good. So, the sh- yeah, the ship is far faster, far more powerful than anything anybody else has got. It has a teleport system that nobody has, which is convenient for the budget. So they, <laughs> in the first episode, fly back to the main planet, which I assume is Earth, and they just beam up the leader and murder him immediately to no. end it. <laughs> No. Oh, that well, that's, that's what I would have done. I mean, yeah. you know. So, no, this is, they, they basically start a guerrilla war against the Federation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about how the Federation tries to track them down. And then what happened is over the series, over the seasons, that different actors kind of came and went. So they had to kind of modify the premise. Um, and uh, it, it kind of, it, it went down, it kind of went downhill in quality and, and <laughs> even even more um, during the during the season's run. Looks like but three seasons, say, four seasons? Uh, four seasons, yeah. yeah. They, you know, it had to, they also, they halfway through the first, uh, the second season, they get hold of this other computer called ORAC that basically can infiltrate and control any other computer in the universe so they have an unstoppable ship with teleportation technology that no one else has and now a supercomputer that can take over i don't understand why it didn't take them (laughs) 10 minutes to win well because then there'd be no 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 because no because see then they become the bad guys Mm. because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely well this to be honest with you this was part of the theme of it there's a guy on in the crew called avon who ends up be, kind of becoming the, cosmetics no he's not oh, but he's he is a cool. com, he's a he's a, a criminal computer hacker who's he's a little bit like um data or spock in that he's kind of amoral and very ruthless and very cold yeah and always presents the kind of you know well the logic and he would be the one saying well the logical thing to do is take this ship and go and blow up the leaders yeah and and blake will be the one saying no that's brutal that's cruel that's sending the wrong message and so there was always this tension between them and over the series he becomes far more of a freedom fighter but he's always like the uh cold calculating one yeah the one um, that knows just go let's go wipe out the leaders and yeah, and, and would, would, would quite happily abandon anybody if it if it felt he, it suited his personal interests uh-huh. and all this sort of thing. So they did play around with kind of you know what what does it mean to be a freedom fighter and um, you know is, you mean a terrorist? Oh wait, I well, guess it depends it, on which side you're on, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Though yeah. though this is the '80s, so it was very clearly right. made that the bad the Federation bad guys were really bad. Yeah. Yeah, and the um, the Blake's people were were not bad, even though they were cri- branded as criminals. They were not bad. Yeah, like the so, A team. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Yeah. I think it, this is a concept say, that they could do nowadays. Oh, with I'd, some I'd, slight we'd, modifications. We everyone who's a fan of this show. Uh, the ship was really cool, by the way. The Liberator, uh-huh. yeah. Even though it was very cheaply made, it was that somebody I think picked up a, a microphone and turned it round the back way and said, "We stuck more on these. This would kind of look like a cool ship." Mm-hmm. Um, um, despite the uh, limited budget, the ship and the set designs were really cool. 
Um, and, and yeah, I think many people who love Blake 7 of my sort of age would love to see it uh, redone in a modern times, but um, it's never happened. Yeah, no. probably won't. So, no, we, probably we should won't. look into it to see if anyone still owns the rights. If they don't, we should buy it and just make it. <laughs> Make it a TikTok yeah. series, fifteen episode, fifteen seconds per episode. To be honest, with with modern computer technology, you could probably do a better job at the show oh, no than question. they did back in the eighties. No question. <laughs> I, you know, we we were kind of joking about that, but actually, no. Um, <laughs> I watched, and it was all done in Unreal Engine, so it's all a right. game engine. It's yeah. these two stormtroopers, and. One of them is kind of leaning up against this foxhole, and another one comes flying into it, right? Mm-hmm. And the one that's already there is kind of stoic and the veteran, and the other one is a brand new guy with ADHD, basically. And he's like, "Whoo, yeah. man, you know, huh, yep. that's crazy." Yeah. And then at one point, you hear a sound, and and the old guy goes, "Oh crap!" And the other guy's like, well, what's that? And he looks up, and there's a battle raging. You know, you don't see the battle. Yeah. You just see flashes. He's like, there's a guy out there with a glow stick. Oh, this <laughs> is going to be awesome. They're going to kill him real quick. Oh, my God. He's bouncing the lasers back at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really well done. And it's like five minutes, if that. But it's yeah. one of those things that it's done in a game engine these characters are wearing helmets the entire time but just the body movements and and you know you could clearly one guy is a veteran clearly yeah. one guy is new and uh you know he's talking about you know well at least he's got his armor on because they're blaster proof and the other guy just yeah. looks at him he's like <laughs> they're not plastic proof <laughs> i'm just walking around out here in tupperware <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was that uh, the, that Halo show that was a bit like that, Red versus Blue, yes. wasn't there? Yeah. Which was a similar sort of thing, but I would imagine didn't look as good because it was done the Halo engine rather than the Unity engine. Uh, that, the funny thing is with Red versus Blue, a big company actually came in and bought them eventually. Yeah. And it, the quality of the videos, the, the presentation itself went way up, but the acting and the storylines went way down. Yeah. So, that's yeah, kind of what it, happens when it first started it was really funny and then it, it just was went right it was comedy yeah. yeah yeah but no it, it was uh, you, you should check this out if i could find this i actually watched it two in two parts on tiktok the other day and then i found the full version on youtube and that's way better to watch but yeah, yeah you know that and, but that's a game engine you know you, you combine yeah. that with you know some green screen or blue screen um with your iPhone 13 and you can make an actual TV show on YouTube that yeah. would look way better than anything made in the eighties. I mean, acting might not be better, but well, yeah, I mean, I, I know they've done, um, there's a few people who've done kind of very serious attempts at, at redoing star Trek or continuing the missions and all that and sort of bad. thing. And well, yeah, they, the, the sets look great. The costumes look great. The special effects look great. Yeah. And then, but it's fanboys got, doing the acting. The fanboys, if they, they, they can't act. Yeah. They've chosen to play Captain Kirk and, and right. Mr. Spock. And they try to, like, they try to take it very serious. I'm, I'm doing a great, good job of acting well, here. It's like, not yeah. only that, not only that, what they do is they, um, they try and imitate the performances of, of right, the original character, the original actors. Well, you, you've got to be really good to do that. Right. Um, you, you can't you do know. that. That's what I liked about Chris Pine. He didn't try to do a William Shatner. 
Yeah. You know, he did his own version of a, a classic character, which leads us into, uh, for those who have not been keeping up with the new series, The Book of Boba Fett, which is Mandalorian Series 2.5. Um, it is... Um, spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen yeah. it, don't don't listen. We're up to yeah. episode six. Uh, well, this is this is the the next one's the finale, isn't it? Uh, is it seven episodes? I think it's seven episodes. I don't know. Uh, regardless, um, and, and we'll obviously talk about the entire series when it ends on the next Geeks Pub in a couple weeks. But David and I have very different views on what's been happening. Uh, yeah. I posted on Facebook all Book of Boba Fett needed to do to get good was get rid of Boba Fett. And in episode five, there is no Boba Fett. You don't even see him. And in episode six, you see him for about 45 seconds. Yeah. And it works way better. And so here's the thing. I don't think this is its own series. I think it is just a continuation of what they've been doing. And I don't have a problem with that. I wish they would have named it the Book of Boba Fett. But it's just a chapter within the Mandalorian larger series, which that encompasses means- a lot of different characters in a set time period. Now, but see, I, my my reading of this is different. My reading of this is they decided to do the Book of Boba Fett, and then halfway through production, they realized they didn't have enough material. No, I and, don't think so. And and they decided, you know, well let's let's um, weave this into the Mandalorian. No, because I don't, effectively. I don't agree. Season uh, episodes five and six, which are both, as you say, virtually full Mandalorian episodes. The the supposed raison d'etre of those episodes being there is to show how the Mandalorian ends up on Tatooine and joining Boba Fett's crew. Um, right, he's the big star. I mean, he yeah, is. He is at this point in time, and this is going to be weird for me to see. Say, um, the Mandalorian is more popular by far and probably better known at this point than Boba Fett is. Yeah, but that's this is part of the problem I have with this because I spent a few weeks ago sometime defending the book of Boba Fett and saying, you know, well, I, I think they're going somewhere with this. I think they're going to take the one-dimensional stuff they've done with this character <clears throat> and expand it out into something that means Which something. Which they did try, kind well, of. Well, they, they just complete, completely blew and then gave up on. They basically said, we're four episodes in. We haven't managed to do that. So all we're going to do now is push that character to the background and go back to the Mandalorian. That's part of the problem I, I have with this. I don't think so, because I don't think they filmed these, this series in The Mandalorian, um, Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan. They, they, it's not like they're writing and then they film it and then they write. And th- no, I know that. They're filming a whole bunch of this all at the same time. I think this is actually 100% the plan from the very beginning. Right. Well, was to get... It's, it's a dumb plan. I I disagree a hundred percent. I think the book of Boba Fett up through episode four was pretty bad. That's what, but that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. It was bad. I agreed with you. Yeah. But I was holding out hope that they would bring it around by the end of the season. And instead what they did is they decided, oh yeah, you know, this isn't going anywhere. And rather than, rather than having a grand plan for, to take the character somewhere, they've basically said, well, let's just bring the Mandalorian back in, which, See, you know, I don't agree. Is- I, I think the entire series is built up with uh, Boba Fett plays a pretty big role in season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So he gets his armor back. Now, what are the what's going to be the big next big thing? Well, it's going to get it's it's all about getting the spice trade off of Tatooine. That's kind of Boba yeah. Fett goes through this thing where he 
he changes. He becomes a different person. He wants to do basically what Jabba was doing, a criminal syndicate, but he wants to do it with honor. And the big thing in his way is this whole race of people who want to use Tatooine as just kind of a, a hub of the spice trade. So he has to get rid of the pikes, right? Yeah. But he can't do it on his own. So he takes over Jabba's thing to establish himself. Pretty bad storylines. Um, the part that both Cole and I kept laughing about is, hey, it's good that no one knows I'm alive. Do you know who I am? Boba Fett. Yeah. It's like, dude, yeah. you just got whatever. Um, so he establishes himself as the leader, right? And now he needs a crew. This is very classic Hollywood storytelling. Uh, yeah, and then they it's... go around and in one episode, they, they the huts come back and they're like, uh, you know what, never mind. But this is after he he gets lucky, let's be honest, and beats a, a savage Wookiee that makes Chewbacca look like a puppy, which by the way is a cool character and came directly out of the comic books. Yeah. Um so they got this badass Wookiee that Boba Fett gets him to join, but that's still not enough. They got the Barbie biker gang, which is foot soldiers but yeah no i think we both agree that was pretty bad gang is is not great so he's like i i need more i i need some more people you know this isn't enough so um you know what's her face says okay well you know money how fennec is like how much do we got enough credits he's like yeah well i know people and now they go into the building the team mode which is a couple episodes which i think is great now the one thing i will say is episode five was a little bit long. I didn't need to see them building his new ship for 20 minutes. But yeah. I will say this. They they did it in a way that made it very iconic. In 20 minutes on a TV show, he built a ship that took, let's be honest, a pretty awesome design from the first Clone Wars series. Yeah. I mean, that was an awful cool ship, and I think we all agree we'd like to see more of it, but yeah. it didn't fit in. Well, she this junkyard lady's got one, and she modifies it and makes it look more Mandalorian with kind of the raw silver look, you know, grays, and and they hot-rotted it. It's clearly a freaking 57 Corvette. You know, it's they hot-rod this thing. It's badass. It's super fast. They establish it's very maneuverable little bit of a homage to uh the the pod racing he goes through the same course and everything which is a little like "Mm, okay um a little bit of an easter egg if you didn't know the movies it made no difference but if you did it's like a little oh look at that well yeah and of course beggars canyon is a throwback i think i think that's even meant to be a womp rat he flies over which is is a throwback to a line from which is fine you know you're you're establishing that connectivity between the whole universe I, i have no problem with that and then the X-Wings show up, and they're basically the cops, and he blows their doors off. He goes so fast. Yeah. Did, did he just go to warp? No. Yeah. That's just a sublight engine. So they established that this ship is super fast. Small. It's not a Razor Crest, but it's small. But yeah. I think they did a great job, and they showed how the Mandalorian is going to join this. They had to do something because he's been kind of this religious Mando, Mando guy. He goes back to his people. There's only two of them left, and it's kind of his fault. And they still, yeah. Uh, and and then they still throw sand in his face. Yeah. Um, you know, which I, I I initially when that happened, right, I thought to myself, well, this is kind of weird. You know, he's established that he's got the sword, which means he's the the titular leader of Mandalore. Yeah, he's been one of their most faithful for many many years. Yeah, 
and then the guy says, well, I'm going to take the sword off you. He kicks his ass, mm-hmm. right, in a typical Mando way, which is, you know, not complete superiority. But, you know, he still wins. And then the then the the, <laughs> the armourer goes, well, let's find out another excuse to kick you out of the band. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really was. Um, and, and after at the time, I thought, oh, well, that you know, that's kind of sucky. Yeah, they they this they meant they meant to be with this guy, and they've just thrown him out. But then, of course, I stopped and think about it. I thought, no, this is about him un- starting to understand, just like like last season when he met Bo-Katan, Yes, that you know maybe these these people he's venerated for all his life don't have all the answers, and perhaps he has or to his, find his or own has way. his best interest at heart. Exactly. Yeah. So so, so I'm kind of cool with that. Yeah, but the, I am too. The issue the issue I have, and I and I think. The debate we're going to come on to now for episode six is kind of um, mentioned by some of the things you just said about season five, about episode five, right? The um, A team build the rebuild the spaceship sequence yep. seemed to be a little bit padded long. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem with that though. Well, because well, I think it, that the fans and let's be honest, everybody goes, "Oh, it's fan service." That's what they make them for. Is the fans? Yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand. So that. I, they're going I, I to thought, create a ship from scratch in some respects, and, and also they want to well, make it iconic. Oh, and also as well, they wanted to show the fact that he was really not interested in this, and then he fell in love with it. Exactly. And and and, and it, I thought, and consequently I thought, it makes the audience fall in love with it. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, because initially I thought, well, hang on a minute, I'm I'm thinking probably what he's thinking, which is, you know. Uh, it looks like a piece of junk, and not only that, uh, it's not big enough for what right, I need. Right, it's too small. How's <laughs> yeah. he going to get bounties? You in know it? what? What? What can I use? What can I possibly do with this? And then you know, he kind of he does the thing where, well, I'll help you rebuild it and everything, and he falls in love with it. Yep. And then when he flies it, he th- realizes this is so much better than I thought it would yep. be. I thought that sequence worked, but it was over long, and it felt like it there was some padding going on well there was one there was a throwback there was a throwback in there i don't know if you caught it i i noticed it immediately when the jawas come back because he wants like this one thing and he holds up this big long pole yeah it's exactly the same pole that han used in the trash compactor yeah i remember yeah i was like oh that's kind of a cool little yeah that I yeah. see. I like when they do little things like that. Except, well, and and I like that too. It's when it's more overt that I start to struggle a little bit. So, um, so we get to episode six. Yeah, but here's and, the and problem. Really, he says he wants to, and I didn't like that he sacrificed his spear. That kind of sucked. But yeah, uh, he does have the sword, so he doesn't really need both. And you know he's going to become, you know, worthy of it, and he can use it because it's too heavy. Which I thought that part of it was a little like. Okay, does the sword have like an AI built in? And yeah, it's or, is it, the, or is it a force thing? Yeah, or what, what's, what's was, going on here? Because it was a Jedi Mandalorian who built it. But okay, I'll go with the mythology because yeah, why not? Otherwise, why do lightsabers actually I, stop at a certain length I, instead of I keep won- going? I, I also wondered. I wondered if the fact that he hurt himself with it was the reason they, they then said, well, it's heavy and you're fighting it and all that sort of thing, was a, was a way to justify himself wounding with it. When that happened, I, I thought to myself, hang on a minute, this guy's been operating for years without a, a lightsaber. Right. Yeah. Why would he even think about reaching for the lightsaber in that situation? He would normally just kick other asses with all his other stuff. Right. And it seemed, when he, when he gets the saber out and then he hurts himself with it... Well, but it, let's be I, honest, though. If you're the Mandalorian and all of a sudden you're giving this dark saber you're gonna want to use it because it is badass let's be honest yeah who who wouldn't he he quickly realizes is that um that he's not so great with it 
you know. Um, yeah, almost and, chopped uh, his leg off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shame he didn't have Beskar on the leg, because apparently right. Beskar stops it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, well actually, funny, funny, how, funny how nobody else in the universe ever figured that out, because otherwise all those, all those yeah. um, um, tr- stormtroopers would be wearing Beskar, and then there'd be no problem. Yeah. The Jedi would be toast. My understanding is Beskar is actually pretty rare. Yeah. And for Jin to have that much... And let's be honest, his armor is by far the best of all. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it looks so good. It's much better than the Boba, Boba Fett's, Fett's or the guy with the horns on his... You know who that was? Yeah. Uh, John Favreau. Was it? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, okay. he, he actually came from the comic or from the Clone Wars series. So yeah. anyways, um, we get to episode six. Episode he, six. Uh, and I think, I think with episode six, especially when it opens, we're assuming... We watched open the beginning there with the marshal, yep, which was awesome, just amazing, you know. And yeah. he's not dead, and yeah, well, of course not. But but we we get to that, and we think right, we're back on Tatooine. You know, the um, Mandalorian side quest is over, and we're back to the Boba Fett story. Yep. and then oh no, no. Nope. Well, they haven't finished building the team, so they they start with um, oh, uh, I got it written down because so many names. Um, Boy, I don't know what was his name. Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vance, yeah, the the marshal. Yeah, and yeah, it, Timothy it's, Oliphant. It, yeah, it's on Tatooine. He establishes he's not on the Pike side, and he doesn't care about riches because he just pours yeah. out, you know, something that's worth more than his town, according to the Pikes. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know. So they establish real quick that he's a good guy, and he's going to have to go against these guys eventually because they're encroaching yeah. on his town. They're going to bring crime. They did an awesome job with that. But then, yeah. well, the Mando said in episode five, he built this little thing for his little buddy, Grogu, and he wants to give it to him. And that's what everybody wants to see. And I know your problem is, oh, great, here we go with another Luke Skywalker. They're bringing him back in. They're going to have to show. But that's what so, everybody wants. That's what, when he leaves with Luke, everybody wants to know what happens. Yeah. Everybody. I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand that. It wasn't what they did, it's how they did it. First of all, I thought it was brilliant. I I think after a standalone Mandalorian episode, they should have left this for something else. I I disagree. It didn't didn't fit in with the Boba Fett story at all. Whatever's going on with Grogu. It it doesn't matter, though. It does matter. Because he goes there, he does his stuff, and then he leaves and he goes and joins Boba Fett. You could cut that entire section out. You could, but, but people want to know what happened. Yeah, but that's fine. But I'm I'm saying it doesn't fit here. I think right? it does. We're, we're building up towards the uh, the big bad at the end of of whatever Boba Fett's going to face. And and the problem I, I'm currently having with the Pike Syndicate is they're a little bit faceless. And you know we, he could have a big fight with a whole load of Pike Syndicate people, and they're just going to send more Pike Syndicate people. We don't have a we a don't have a guy. leader yet. Right. Yeah, we don't have a, a, a head. But that's okay. But we though. all know we all know with drug dealers that you've got to take out the head guy. There's no good taking out well, the, the pikes uh, are, the are more of a syndicate where there's exactly. a number of leaders yeah okay but the thing is is that i at this point i'm not seeing how boba fett going to war with a whole load of people is gonna is necessarily gonna fix his situation but i can put that to one side but my point is i want to find out more about how that's going to happen and instead i get this another side quest for the mandalorian that doesn't advance the boba fett story at all if i'd have been doing this i would have put this in the beginning of the ahsoka show 
or I would have put it at the beginning of the next season of The Mandalorian. I, I, my first problem with it is I just didn't think it fit here. And after already having a, an awesome standalone Mandalorian episode, right, I was ready to get back to Boba Fett. It was like a palate cleanser. I was. And instead, instead we get more. And, and the problem is, is everything that happens on Luke's Jedi planet, yeah, is immaterial to what's going on with the Boba Fett story. It's I more agree of with the Mando that, but, story. But you and, keep and thinking of this as a different series, and it's not. It's just it's a not, continuation yeah. of the first two episodes, two seasons of Mandalorian. This is one yeah. long thing. It's not I, I separate. Just, They're I all interconnected. Felt, I just felt it didn't fit. I'm, I was. I just found myself thinking, well, I want to get back to the, particularly with the awesome opening with uh, with the marshal. I'm thinking, I want to get back to that. I want to see where that's going. I don't want to do this other thing. But you get there. They give it to you. Yeah, I know. But there was, it was, and that's the other thing. And this is what I complained to you about on Facebook. It was so long. I'm okay with that. I don't want five minutes. I want to explore it. I I, I personally love seeing Luke trying to train this little guy. And you see some progress. He did. Nah, he didn't. The problem is it just went on and on. And it was dull. It was really dull, and it did this thing that Star Wars keeps doing, which is apparently the whole universe, that whole galaxy, lives in a time loop where they just do the same things over and over again. It's like watching that episode of the end of uh, Next Generation where the where the ship blew up every time at the end, and then they, the time loop reset. It's like everybody just does the same things over and over, and I understand, you know, that's it's kind like of human to, nature, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it's but it, it's no, but not beat for beat. There's no I variation. It, I I just find it it the it, the whole the whole section on the planet, right? The whole training section with Luke and Grogu. Yeah. First of all, I thought to myself, I think. Obviously, we know Grogu's going to come back into it in some way because he's such a popular character. Sure. But I think, I think it'd be better, rather than just showing us what happened, is actually have him come back and then have that been revealed over time. That's kind of a more interesting story element than just showing us, oh, there he is, he's being trained, he doesn't really seem to be into it. But that's what people uh, wanted Luke's to not see. Sure. Uh, but yeah, but it, it, the problem is it wasn't executed well. It was technically I thought it was, flawless. I thought it was excellent. There was, was nothing in that flawless. whole thing that I that I disliked, and I watched it twice. Well, I, I, I liked it better I, the I second said, time. I, I just it just did not sit well with me. I still think as technically flawless as um, as it was done, you could still tell that it wasn't a real actor. Yeah, and the the reason for that is because you didn't engage with Luke as a character. Well, here you watch, here's my biggest. If I have any issue with it, and it's a big issue. This would have been the perfect time to recast the actor. Yeah. It, it's They need to leave Mark Hamill behind. They really do. If they have any kind of plans to have a series about Luke Skywalker, it cannot be Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker. They have to recast. Now, some people say, oh, they, they, they can't. They can't recast him. I mean, that's it's, it kind of they recast Han Solo. They recast um, Lando Calrissian. They do it all the time. There's yeah. no problem. Yeah, get someone that you know, Sebastian Shaw would be perfect. Would absolutely well, be perfect uh, as look, Luke Skywalker. I'm sure. I'm sure there are loads and loads of actors who could pull it off, and there's probably loads of loads of unknown actors who should pull uh, it 100%. off. hundred percent. Well. Yep. Yeah. So let, it's time you know, to recast. That's the one that, thing I will say. But I but I, this, I didn't get the uncanny valley that some people seem to. I thought this was by far the best deep fake I've ever seen. 
Well, I, I think they they hired that guy who did yeah. the alternative deep fake, yeah. and I think this was a showcase for it. But I, I think that was that was my problem for it. It was so much of a showcase. That it was like, look what we can do. We can make him run through the forest. We can make him play with his lightsaber. We can make him levitate things. We can make him talk to Ahsoka. Yeah. They they spent so much <laughs> to um, throw back to uh, Malcolm in Jurassic Park. Yeah. They spent so much time thinking about what they could do. They didn't think about what they should do because those I agree with that were flabby. No, yeah? I, I disagree. I don't think they yeah. were flabby at all. I think they were. I think it was brilliant. Here's my what what I'm frustrated by is, and quite honestly, I've said this for many years. The Jedi's way is to leave everything behind and embrace the Jedi and blah, blah, blah. And Mando even says, well, that's the opposite of us, yeah. which I agree with. I yeah. Obviously, it hasn't worked out well for the Jedi that they keep putting their personal feelings and stuff like that aside when isn't love like the most powerful? I mean, yeah. doesn't Luke do everything he does in the first three movies for love? Yeah. Love of and, his friends? And the, that's the other problem I have with the sequence is we know how this story ends. We know it's a spectacular failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, so only if they happen, keep only if they keep episode um, seven, eight, and nine as part of canon, which I don't think they're well, going to. I think well, they're going I, to get rid of all that crap. Um, maybe, and they need but to. At, at the moment that is canon, and so we know that this is just going to lead to the whole Jedi Order is effectively a failure. Yeah. Yeah. No question. We've seen it time and time and time again and yeah and that my but Luke doesn't know is, a whole lot about it Ahsoka does yeah yeah you know she, and, and she, she but, she's a failed Jedi she left but, because she didn't like but, the way they were doing things and but and then she's the one who has said um that Grogu's too old yeah too set in his ways yeah that this is a bad idea mm-hmm. yeah and again Luke is going oh well I know better and, and we yeah. know how that story ends we've seen it happen twice yeah but it, yeah? that doesn't make make it any less interesting to see well, Luke Skywalker I, I who's the big famous savior of the galaxy is gonna fail flat on his face I think that's also an interesting I, story I, I, I don't I, I don't find it interesting I think the problem is we've seen it done and I just wish they would do, for, for, for me personally I'd rather not see too much more of Luke yeah if they recast him and do a different series that's absolutely fine for me i i, I would agree been... with you there i want to see less yeah. luke i want to see yeah. less faux skywalker i want to see a different yeah. actor in yeah. the role let someone else I... run with it make something of the character let's be honest think... this is one of the most popular pop culture characters of all time yeah all i time. would have, i personally would have saved the you know, Grogu has to make a choice between the Jedi and and the Mandalorian. I would have saved that for the next proper series, the Mandalorian, so it could be explored a bit more, right? Well, you Rather just said than, it was all dragged out, and you were bored with it. Well, so because Grogu is passive in this, right? He's just there; he's not saying anything. We're not getting any communication from him. We're getting the one flashback to the uh, to the per- the Jedi Purge mm-hmm. and Order sixty six, and that's it. My Part of my problem with the way they're treating this is Grogu is effectively just a um, a MacGuffin, yeah, a living MacGuffin at the moment. The way he's being treated, yeah. Now that made sense in the Mandalorian because he's motivating everything the Mandalorian does. But now he's meant to have his own agency. He's even been given a choice, and we still know nothing of him apart from the fact that he likes amphibians to eat. Yeah, right? That's okay though. Yeah? No, I, I think I think it's a mit, I think my frustration with it is that it's all a missed opportunity. If they could be doing more with these characters, they could be doing more with new characters or characters we've not seen so much before. 
Uh, rather than being, again, everything centred on the same few people. I loved at the end of this episode, we when we go back to the uh, to the village and to the marshal, yep. that we, we get the badass character from the Clone Wars. Yeah, and as soon as you, yeah, as soon as you see him walk out of the desert, oh, you yeah. think, right, now it's going down. Yep. Yeah, you know it's going down. And you know, and and you know the deputy is going to get shot. You know he's exactly. going down. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it was awesome. And I, you know, that's, I think that's what frustrated me most about the, the Mandalorian part of this episode is that I saw what the potential or what they could have done with this episode from those bookends with the Marshal. And instead, what we got is we got the thing shoehorned in the middle that for me just didn't sit right. And I'm thinking I wanted more of the good new stuff rather than the retread of the old stuff. And I, I, think I guess that's why uh, I didn't like it so much. Yeah, I loved it because it's exploring. It's not just staying on one path. It's showing us other stuff. Uh, once again, we get, I think at this point, is one of the the best characters created um, not by George Lucas, which is Ahsoka Tanu. Yeah. I, I didn't like her in the Clone Wars at first. She, was a, she felt like, oh, this is a character that the little kids get to relate to. Yeah. And she, she, they she was built to be. She was built to be the kind of the annoying sidekick. Yes, who, but they decided, build you know what? Respect, and she they developed her into something completely different. Absolutely, and that took time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait for her solo show. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for Kenobi. I can't wait for the Rogue One thing. Uh, it's, the problem, it, yeah, the problem is, is that you know these guys have done two seasons of the Mandalorian, which were awesome, but then they've done four episodes of the boba fett which weren't, weren't aren't very good i agree that's with you the, that's the risk the real risk here and i don't you know, i mean i don't know the background i mean you could as we have frequently well, in the past you could blame you could blame disney management for this you could blame Kathleen no, Kennedy. i, I for, just for think this. that the story itself isn't very good up yeah, until but, episode five but in that case why make it <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's the question for me, is if these guys who know what they're doing but have five a story and six that they good, know is right? weak, so if you take the question is why whole, make it? Yeah, but if you take it as a whole now, yeah. as much as we got, we got the first episode of Boba Fett was pretty good. Let's be honest. That was pretty yeah. good. Two and three, uh, four. Oh, God, it got really bad. Oh, five and six. We're back on track. It's looking really good. Well, yeah, but you say that, but they, they're back on track as a whole, but not for Boba Fett. This is a character who we've talked about before has been badly mistreated in the Star Wars canon. He's an awesome character. Everybody wants to see more from him. Yeah. And then, you know, he just basically gets written off and written in the Jedi. We know very little about him in Empire. Right. Yep. So so we get the book of Boba Fett after seeing more of him from the Mandalorian. And we think, right, finally, we're going to get under the skin, this character and really understand more about him and see something interesting <laughs> him do. And it, and they've just they've blown, they've wasted it again. I, I would. Well, you say again. Um, they never did anything with him to begin with, so it's not like they well, okay, wasted him. Right, maybe, but but it, it, again, it's, he, for me, it it's, just it's, didn't it's fit the expectations. Oh, I agree with you, but yeah. we got Boba Fett. We got the best Boba Fett of all time, and that's Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That he is yeah, exactly what Boba Fett was. What I think they they did brilliantly and they screwed up at the same time is they didn't call him Boba Fett. They just took <laughs> the idea and they ran with it. And then they were like, you know what? We could actually use Boba Fett too. Yeah, but we can't bring Boba Fett in because he's, we already copied everything that everyone loved about Boba Fett. We even gave this guy his freaking jetpack. Well, yeah, but yeah. people want to see Boba Fett. They want to see these two characters side by side. 
And we did. We absolutely 100% did. When they showed Boba Fett for the first time in The Mandalorian, nobody complained. Yeah. And now, are, look, yeah. Fat Boba Fett is just not cutting it. <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Call him Boba Fett. Boba That's Fett. That's better Boba Fett. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's We're so frustrating because, I, you know, what? I think the relationship between him and Fennec Shand is brilliant. I, and it's, that's the again, best part. Completely underutilized yep. because most of the time he just tells her what to do. And instead, it's clearly obvious that she's the brains of this operation. Yeah, well, she's way smarter than he is. There's no exactly, question. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and you think, you know, I'd, I'd have loved to have seen a series where they they teamed up on something awesome, right? It's perfectly clear that, that she's not on board with this whole, you know, become a tattooing crime old thing. She thinks it's stupid. I mean, it drips from her that she thinks it's stupid, yeah. but she's loyal. We understand why she's so loyal to him. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, at least we've got that. She saved but, his um, life. Or he well, saved her life. He saved her life, yeah. yeah. Right? And, and you know, I but I think she... she you know, it was kind of implied as well that she was kind of sticking with him because she thought he was going places and she clearly likes him. Yes. But I feel they need to have a good heart to heart where they're I able agree. to open up to each other and say, look, you know what? This thing you're doing is pointless. Yep. That's what she needs to say to him. She needs to say to him, you have so much opportunity to do whatever you want. Outside Tatooine, nobody thinks you're alive. Yeah. We could go and we could do great things, but not on this shithole. I agree with you. You know? But, yeah, but that and, would make the series would even be a, better if you get. If it would they be get a much better point. series. Yeah, a much better series. I agree. I said when this first started, I, I really I wanted a bounty of the week show. I think that would have been way better, yeah. but we didn't get it. So I think five and six course corrected quite a bit. They gave us a lot more stuff that we want. We get more of the expanded universe. We got to see R two D two again in a role yeah. that I thought was great. Art 2 yep. leads the Mandalorian and makes him sit there and not do shit for a while. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And then he yeah, leaves. I, it's like, okay, I did my job. <laughs> it turns itself off. Yeah. It turns itself off like I ain't even talking to your ass. Which I, I which I think as well is a bit of a it's a bit of a um comedy comment on uh, what happens in uh, in, in Jedi. In in and uh, or no, Empire. In, uh, the Force Force Awakens. In the Force Awakens, he sat there. Turned oh, off. Yeah. Not telling anybody anything. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I like seeing R two. Thank God. I, you know, I don't. I'm. Don't give me three PO. I don't. I don't want to see him. Um, although I heard they're doing an animated droids show, and and yeah. Anthony Daniels is back, and I'm like, um, all in all, Mandalorian, righted the ship. Um, I'm I'm all in. I can't wait to see what's gonna. If it's only seven episodes, I'm a little disappointed because I feel like they just got to the point where they got a really good team, and I want to yeah, see them because, doing something. They jettisoned two episodes to go somewhere else, but yeah. they righted the ship. It's way more interesting show now. It's 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 more interesting. Look, I, don't get me wrong. I I always love seeing more Mandalorian. I think he. You're absolutely right. He's a he's a brilliant character. Yep. Um, and a brilliant, a brilliant way of showing a, a character who's developing the moting when we we never hardly ever see his face. Let's be honest yeah. though, what we really want is a Cobb Vanth series at this point. No, well, just not on know, Tatooine. He's, he's yeah, that that's the problem. He's he's in a Tatooine shaped box at the moment, and you'd have to find a a way to get him out of that without Knights of the compromising Republic. who he is because. You know, it, it, well, make it him fits a, him make being a, there, the marshal of the town. He's, well, a, he's, a, marshal, he's a Western cowboy. A, a, a sheriff is the one that's supposed to be in the town. The marshal goes pretty much anywhere. Like, 
Yeah. So make him a, a Republic Marshal, and he goes after bad guys on other planets. That well, would be know, interesting. You know what I'm with Boba I'm Fett's armor because because Boba Fett dies and he gets the yeah, armor I, back. You know what I'm interested to see, and I think they could do this with the Boba Fett series. Is we don't for in none of these movies we don't see very much about what the New Republic is. Oh, I agree right? with you there. Yeah. Now, I would imagine, and you kind of see it in, in The Mandalorian, there's a lot of people who are just kind of, you know, the New Republic is uh, same old but different. You know, it's just the Empire under a different name. They're the regulators, they're the rule makers, they're the police. Yeah, and, and particularly on the Outer Rim, nobody really wants to have to deal with them at all. I think it would be interesting to see Boba Fett go up against parts of the New Republic that he doesn't agree with, whether they're right or wrong. Uh, and um, and you know, kind of follow that down. You could do it through a bounty story. You could do it f- through other reasons. You could yep. he could have a, a political enlightenment. He could run for office. Who the hell knows, right? But the point is, is I think that would be interesting, and it would take us to somewhere we we've not seen in Star Wars before. Yep. Um, and I think I think those are the sort of opportunities. I guess that's what frustrates me every time we go back to the the Skywalker saga stuff. Is I just think you know, and I've said this before. There's a whole galaxy out there, and yet we everything seems to revolve around the f- same few people and the same few places. Yeah, but you can say yeah. that about any TV series. I mean, it, that, yeah. that's that's a Hollywood trope, and they, every single thing falls into that. Uh, let's well, uh, yeah, well, let's move on to something else because yeah. um, I watched the first season of Reacher on Amazon Prime. I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> This I did is, not. I did not know this was even a thing. So Reacher, which is a problem about Amazon Prime shows. Oh, I 100 percent agree with you there. They release stuff that's really good, and then nobody knows about it. Um, so Reacher was based off of a book series by Lee yeah. Child, and I read a couple of the books. And I, they they base this whole first series on um, Killing Floor, which oh, I actually read. Book. It's right. one okay. book. So and that's okay. they pad a whole lot in there because quite honestly it doesn't take that long in the book series. Um, it's a it's a kind of a cool character that I liked. I read maybe two or three of the books and they were okay. They're I wouldn't rank them in my top one hundred books of all time or anything, but they're okay and it's an interesting character if not a little they're, generic. Yeah, they're very very popular. And yes. the reason they're popular is that because uh, Reacher is basically he's like a. Um, He's like an ex-military version of the Hulk. Yes. In that he just... He he, wrecks things. He is big, he's he's strong, he's also extremely intelligent. Yeah, it's it's not even that. He, He... His lifestyle is that he wanders the US. Yeah. He doesn't want to settle down anywhere. Yeah. And everywhere he goes... Yeah, and everywhere he goes, he ends up getting into... Yeah. uh, Helping people out. Yeah. Um, And he then uses his his skills as a as a, a detective or because he was ex-military police right. in other words de- it's it's Cobb Vanth that's what we that's yeah that's actually, what we want much, Cobb yeah. Vanth to yeah. so they did make two movies and they yeah. went the opposite direction they they put Tom Cruise in the role which okay Tom Cruise can pull off he's a skilled fighter and shit but he's not intimidating at all and, no, and, and right yeah, Reacher that- is intimidating in the book series yeah, he's a big guy, got a real big presence, um, and yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. I I've read a couple of the Reacher books. I understand why they're very popular because they are like a template. Yes, and they're a very good template for a thriller. I actually, I actually worked with um, uh, just before lockdown. I worked with a guy who used to employ the uh, the 
fellow who wrote the Jack Reacher books. Lee Child. Lee Child. That's not his real name. I know. Um, he used to be a he used to be a TV engineer, uh, and this chap I was working with used to um, was head of a head of a TV network. Uh, and he used to employ this guy and apparently he wasn't a very good TV engineer. Uh, and I think the reason he wasn't a very good TV engineer is because he was spending a, a lot of his time, yeah, during his working hours thinking about the plots for his books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, look, uh, uh, Lee Child's very successful. Yep. Jack Reach is very popular. One of the reasons that people are so upset with Tom Cruise in the role is because through reading many of the books, everyone had built up a mental picture of what Jack Reacher had yeah. looked like and Tom Cruise doesn't look like that i did enjoy both of the reacher movies oh i like them I both they were pretty good adaptations yeah, of the books yeah. yeah but you're i mean it's absolutely right that um tom cruise does not really fit the not at profile all. of the character no. at all um the new guy um alan rickshin i'm sure he's been other things but i i don't i don't know the guy mm-hmm. he, he is definitely i mean this dude is ripped and he's huge and it works. They 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 did the right. They got it right. Let me put it this oh way. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, just, he is a big so dude. I just, yeah, wow. They've just the perf- picture in the review that's come up has him walking next to this other normal sized yeah, guy. Right. It's like, yeah, that that's, no, this is that's, more. That's, yeah, but that's Reacher. That's great casting. Yeah, that's really look, good casting. He does look like how I'd imagine. Jeremy yes, exactly. So yeah. I watched the first. Uh, season i think it's eight episodes maybe seven eight something like that maybe nine um i enjoyed it it was predictable i mean i read the book so that didn't help but yeah it's it's okay let me put it that way is it a slam dunk no the character himself isn't that impressive i mean there's not a whole lot of depth to the character there's nowhere to for him to go when you're that big it's kind of hard to to take a somebody coming up and giving you crap you know what i mean so that is actually a, a downside to having a character that's that big but well, but, but i think it's interesting a, nonetheless it was a and, yeah, and, I think and that's it's his a mind the, there's a fast that's a facet of the novels though yes the fact that um the people that richard typically gets uh gets pitted against are are uh, people who are so arrogant and uh, small-minded that they, you know, and then they normally think, oh, well, I've got a gun, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. And then Reacher frequently, not always, but frequently bests them or outthinks them. Or you know, an awful lot of time he gets himself beaten up as part of a, a wide, longer, yeah. strat- longer game strategy. Um, yeah, he's, he's normally the guy who's, if he's not one step ahead of you, then as soon as something goes south, he figures something out very quickly. Yep. And it's one of the reasons that makes the character appealing. Yeah, and they um, do a really good job of that in the series. They do focus a lot on his detective abilities and his reasoning, and they don't make it mysterious. You, He explains why he figured something out, which is kind of honestly a, a nice change of pace on how some characters just mysteriously figure it out, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Where reacher actually gives you well this is why i think this and this is and this leads to that and you're like yeah okay that makes sense so i would give it a a solid b plus as just something to watch when there's nothing else out there that's catching your fancy so i'm definitely gonna give this a go yeah you'll like it it's good and the and the guy who plays as reacher excellent job um yeah a good actor and it's not a stretch for him at all (laughs) 
So, so with that, we will so wrap up. So he's, he's huge. One last thing. Sega leaves the Japanese arcade business for good. Um, you know, here in the U.S. or pretty much any Western con- con- uh, countries, arcades, have, they're, they're gone. Now, we do have retro arcades. You know, David and I yeah. both visited one, the Galloping Ghost, which is, I think, the biggest. Um, and so they can still be fun, but David and I went, what, two times now and yeah. and we're like some of the only people in the entire place um so they're not hugely popular in the west japan on the other hand arcades never went away they've always been extremely popular and sega yeah. owned quite a few of those arcades that's in japan the big ones and they're closing them down they're they're going away they're not even sega said they're still going to make some arcade games but they're not going to own actually arcades anymore. And that's a big deal because a lot of people, especially back in the day, if you visited Japan, you got to go to the arcades. And a lot of those were owned by Sega. So it's big. big. Yeah. I think, I think COVID is, is obviously a very big part of this. Um, But also, um, you know, the nature of gaming is, is, it's changed changed so much. We can now get, far in excess of arcade quality graphics at home on a, on a little box it's, it's, a that's not even the issue i don't think because let's no, be I, honest arcades they're never going to become in the west or and i don't think they're going to continue this way in japan um a mecca of we have we do this every week that that time is gone it's, yeah it's because, not going to happen anymore but that's because people can game with their friends at home well it's not is, just that though there's a lot more things to do and like yeah. you said covid covid yeah. is changing the behavior of a lot there's there's going to be a whole swath of people who just are never going to be comfortable going to a giant football game anymore yeah exactly you know, going but, uh, to a concert also, uh, yeah but i i watch what i watch how my kids game now and the thing is they have arcade experiences they just do it at home and they're talking to their friends online yeah cole does it you all the time yeah. that is that is what kids do now rather than going to a place to do it and the the problem is is that for look we, there was kind of three or four phases of arcades it was the original space invaders batman asteroids when these games just didn't exist anywhere else. correct yeah then we had a long period where um there was home gaming very popular consoles and everything like that but actually the games in the arcades were graphically better yep they were and they were because of that they were more complicated you could do different things then we had that that um long third period where we Basically, the consoles at home were good enough to make arcade-like experiences, uh, and they were the ones where the innovation, the gameplay came. But if you wanted to do something physical, like dance or fire a gun or um, drive a car or something like that, the only way you could do that was in an arcade cabinet. And so I think, um, you know, we had a long period where you would get, if you went to an arcade, it, it would have kind of some of the, the fun-type stuff, you know, the um, the crane grabber and yep. the things that that generates the tickets yep but uh, that doesn't all of that yeah but yeah. that doesn't generate then, return business a whole no and, and then also they would also have some of these cabinets like dance dance revolution or or the um the big shrouded gun cabinets or um yep. or the you know the driving cabinets or anything like that we've now gone into a, a fourth era uh, which is basically is the decline of arcades well we've gone into the fourth area that is now it's retro exactly that's, that's why i just come to it's now yeah. nostalgia and so what yeah. you want to do is you do want to go to like to galloping ghost yep. i recently found out there's a place very similar to that here very close oh, to where awesome. i live that i'm going to go to so but is the it, problem with the the nostalgia aspect is that doesn't last 
No. Because the no, people who have nostalgia for it eventually aren't going to go. They got their fix yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, I've moved past yeah. that. And that's our generation. Yep. So Sony yeah, we, is getting can, out of that business. Yeah, nostalgia, we age out of it. Yeah. And uh, that, that's that's the problem is that you get to a point where even nostalgia is too much effort. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub. We'd love to hear what you guys think on any of the subjects we talked about, especially the Star Wars stuff. Let's let's get a little discussion going. What do you guys think? Um, send us an email, the show at geekspubpodcast.com. You can go to geekspubpodcast.com or mymac.com and uh, leave a comment there. Um, hey, if you wanted, if you got a really cool theme that you'd like us to play, hit us up. We've got some kind of in the can, if you will, but hey, yeah. we're open. Let us know. Or if, if anybody in, out there wants to say anything about Blake 7, then yeah. pitch in. Pitch in with Blake 7 stuff. Um, I'm kind of interested in it. I'm sure it wouldn't hold my interest long, but I, I like the concept. Um, that being said, though, if you would like to come on the show sometime, we'd we'd be open to that as well. Uh, let us know. We do record at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. So keep that in mind. If you're on the west coast of uh, the United States, you're like Owen Rubin, who come on tech fan, come on this show every now and then probably it's, it's pretty difficult, but yeah. we'd love to have guests on the show occasionally. So David, I will see you next week on tech fan, our sister show. See you then.